finishing chapter four now with um, basically just a few quotes and verses and ideas to add to what we've been discussing until now in chapter four, which is that there's another interpretation of Adam Kiyakriv, which is Adam referring to Torah Kiyakriv, which then brings us close to arousing the Isra Sedele'ela, Mikem, which arouses our godly soul, and then Takrivot Korbanchem is that we respond to the arousal with um, our own actions and with our animal soul. So we discussed. Yeah. No, I just had a quick question. Sure. That's how we, and so by learning Torah, that's how we respond. By learning Torah, that's how we can trigger the inspiration. Okay. How we respond, we're going to see here, is actually with mitzvahs. Okay. But if if we are not feeling inspired, and we need a bit of inspiration from above, we can learn Torah, which then roots us back in our source, in our godly soul, as it knows the whole Torah. And when that happens, it's automatically close to Hashem on high. And therefore, Hashem, His light shines, mm-hmm. and that basically it's a trigger for the Isra Sitalela. So it's not the Isra Sitalela itself. Torah learning is not the inspiration from on high itself, but it, it's the trigger. It's the trigger. It's, it's the lever we can push if we want that inspiration to come. Mm-hmm. And we haven't touched on how to like follow through with it, so yeah. So, how to follow through with it? Until now, we just we said Tanuvah Korban Chim is that you need to bring your animal soul on board, mm-hmm. and we'll see at the end here it says that that's specifically done through mitzvahs. Okay. Forty-four. Forty-five. Sorry. So we we finished off by explaining that Shalom 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 Lerachok for Shalom Lekarov that Torah is emet Torah is Shalom is peace. And Torah brings peace to those who are close, to those who are already inspired, and also to those who are far, who are, to, are not currently experiencing an inspiration on high, because they're able, through learning Torah, to have that inspiration come down into their godly soul, and then to bring their animal sacrifices as a response. So we discussed that the reason why Adam can also refer to the Torah is because the Torah is also made up in the spiritual makeup of man, 365 negative commandments, 248 positive commandments corresponding to the limbs and sinews and organs of the human body. So now, um, we're, I'm pretty sure that basically a lot of the rest of this is commentary from the Tzedek, but we're going to learn it anyway. It's bringing in more quotes from different places just to, um, just to solidify this point and this idea that Torah learning is um, something that brings us close to Hashem and that allows this revelation from Hashem to come and shine in our godly souls. And then at the end, the end, we're gonna speak about the role that mitzvahs play. Okay, so we're at the top of page 45, and we read yesterday, Adam This is the additional interpretation of Adam Kiyakrif Mikem. Adam, good morning. What's your name? Rose. Rose, hi Rose. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Uh, it's spring now. Anyone who has allergies? It's, it's summer. I was in Mr. Winter. <laughs> yeah, she was in this all year round. You are in winter right now, right? New Zealand is winter now? Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so now we're going to take this Adam Kiyakruv Mikem Adam when Torah learning inspires the godly light Kiyakruv to bring us close Mikem from our godly soul. Um, we're going to see this, this verse kind of just elaborate on a little bit. Um, the altar brings another verse showing the connection between Torah and spir- Torah study and spiritual offerings to show us that there's a connection this, about, about 
Adam, Torah study, and this whole introduction to Pashat Vayikra of Korbanot. So, so it says, this is not the, this is Tzemach Zedah, no? I don't know for a fact, but usually when there's a lot of quotes brought in to kind of emphasize a point that was already made, it's the Tzemach Zedah. Here, um, but, but the Tzemach Zedah included his notes within the Lukotei Torah, so we don't really know for a fact. But, but very, very likely, because that's not really the style of the alternative to, to bring a point and then bring a bunch of different quotes. That's usually what the Tzemach Zedek did. Taking the ideas of the Altar and showing how they're all sourced in Tanakh, they're all sourced in the Torah, they're not these, just these radical new ideas that were made up, right? So, so now it's going to Bamidbar, another place where we're commanded about um, sacrifices, which we actually say every single day in the chapter of Karbanot that we say every day in prayer. Savet b'nei Yisrael, command the Jewish people, and say to them, that you should bring um, food, burnt food offerings to me for a, for a pleasing smell. And we also remember we said, represents this is smell, which rises upwards. That's our effort that goes upwards from down here. Which means to land, to come down. Hashem responds, with his inspiration from on high. So Reich Nichach, which is brought up this concept many, many times in connection to Korbanot, page 45, second, um, second paragraph. Uh, it's in little parentheses, the Tzavet B'nei Yisrael, and then it says, this is from the actual language, that you should guard to make sure that you bring sacrifices for me um, at the appointed time. So here is just another, um, again, I'm pretty sure some have said it, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, Emphasis and point explaining that Torah and Karbanot are connected. So here we see Shamar Zu Mishnah. So Rashi on um, Dvarim here. So Shamar Zu Mishnah. What I'm trying to remember what Tishmor Lahakar Levli. Rashi there explains Shamar Zu Mishnah that what what we're guarding is the Mishnah, is the oral Torah. Through that, we can be drawn down to a place we can be drawn close to Hashem. So when it says the verse, we see the same idea that through Torah learning, we can be brought close to Hashem and get this inspiration because Rashi explains Shamar is referring to the Mishnah because we have a commandment to guard the oral Torah, right? And to remember it and to study it so we can pass it on because the oral Torah was oral for a very, very long time. So that's how Rashi explains Tishmaru, Shamarzu Mishnah. And so Tishmaru Lakrivli, that through learning Mishnah, through learning the Torah, Lakrivli, we are brought close to Hashem. We can get this inspiration from on high. So it's just a new, another verse emphasizing the same idea. We see also in Kohelet that the Medrash explains on the verse that I have only found one man among 1,000. I've only found one Adam. There's only one true Adam, one true man among one every thousand people. The Medjish explains, Zu Moshe Shebala Erev This Adam that it's referring to, that uh, in Kohelet says, I've only known one man from a thousand, is referring to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe is also called Adam, because Torah is called Adam, and Moshe gave us the Torah. So Moshe is called Adam, and it says, Moshe Shebala Erev There's only one Moshe in every thousand generations. There's no one like Moshe for a thousand generations. As it says in Tehillim, it says, who came after a thousand generations, the matter that he commanded after a thousand generations. 
So we see from this medrash, again, just emphasizing the same idea, Moshe Rabbeinu, who gave us the Torah, is called Adam, showing how the term Adam also applies to the Torah, which is why Moshe was called Adam in the merit of, of him giving us the Torah. So again, these are verses to emphasize the point and give, so to speak, validity to the idea that Adam Kiyakriv can also refer to that through Torah learning, Kiyakriv, we can be brought close and experience an arousal from above, we came in our godly soul. Okay? And now, that's why it says, we all say, and so regarding this and everything we've said until now, Neymar, it says, Gam ken Adam Kiyakriv, bless you. It says, Adam Kiyakriv, which means Ayadeya Torah. We can be brought close to Hashem. Our godly soul can be inspired and have its natural love for Hashem brought forth, specifically through learning Torah. Okay? Bless you. So far, we clear? It's the same idea as yesterday, just bringing some quotes to emphasize the point. We're good? Yeah? Okay, so now we're going to finish off chapter 2 with the second verse. Chapter 4, thank you. Chapter 4 with the second verse. So far we explained how Adam Kiyakrib Mekem can also be regarding learning Torah. Okay, that through learning Torah we can inspire, our, we can draw down this inspiration to our godly soul. And then, through this process of learning Torah to trigger the arousal from above, which will then reveal the natural hidden love that we have in our godly soul. Gam ken so too after this happens, min ha-behema, min ha-bakar, min ha Then we need to take that inspiration and we need to bring our own animal sacrifices, each person based on his own animal soul. The kanal, as kaniskarel, as we mentioned above, v'hu al yadei kiyom ha And we do this through fulfilling the mitzvahs. So we spoke until now, what does it mean to sacrifice our animal soul? It's a very big avoda. It's a step-by-step process where we need to speak to our animal soul it's in, in its own language, learn who our animal soul is, learn about it, be, you know, confront it, be realistic about it, where, about it, learn where it comes from, remind the animal soul where it comes from, so that the animal soul can do mitzvahs. Tachlis, what does it mean practically that we are sacrificing our animal soul, that we're doing mitzvahs? Because mitzvahs we do with our body. And we, have, we need to have our animal soul on board in order to do mitzvahs. And in order to be consistent with mitzvahs, we've learned all you know, the process now. We need to convince our animal soul that why it needs to serve God, why it's in its own best selfish interest to serve God, to speak that language so that we can um, do the mitzvahs. That's the isra That's the ultimate effort from our own efforts is mitzvahs. So the Torah inspires us to bring forth the natural hidden love of our godly soul, to then convince our animal soul to do mitzvahs. Make sense? Sheha mitzvah, why specifically a mitzvah? Why is takrivot korban chem specifically done through mitzvahs? Yeshla sgula pratit, it has a very special power, to elevate the animal soul, to make the animal soul into a true korban, and to connect the animal soul with Hashem's infinite light, because it says that charity elevates the nations and it's brought in multiple places in Tanya and Hasidut. Charity is representative of all the mitzvahs. Have you heard this idea before? That staka represents all the mitzvahs? Um, it's the ultimate mitzvah. It's the ultimate taking from our, from our physicality and giving it away and giving it, so to speak, away for Hashem. So the Al-Turabah explains in Torah or on this verse, Stakat Romim God, that every mitzvah is compared to charity because charity is about giving life to the poor and picking up their spirit. And that's exactly what every mitzvah does. 
So to every mitzvah is about drawing down life and light from Hashem to the created beings that are spiritually poor and lifting them up spiritually. So when we, if we want to really be practical about this mimer now, and the is being very practical here to get into the Tanavayda mimer, what's his source of the Sata? What does it mean to serve Hashem from our own efforts down here? To do mitzvahs. And to do mitzvahs in a way that our animal soul is actually excited to do the mitzvahs, is on board and sees the benefit for itself in order to get on board and is able to be consistent with it. And the way that we can be consistent with serving Hashem through mitzvahs is through utilizing every single time we get inspired, either because we started learning Torah or because we had an, an etrat son, or because there was a, a very special event, something happened um, in our lives, to take that inspiration and bring it down and say, okay, what mitzvahs am I going to start taking on? What mitzvahs am I going to start to do with more passion and more excitement? What mitzvahs do I need to bring my animal soul um, on board more, right? Um, and that's really the response. And when we do that, again, back to chapter one, we create a cycle that lasts forever. When we take every time we get inspired and we say, how am I going to practically apply that to my mitzvahs in a way that my animal soul wants to do so and so it can be consistent with it? When we do that, when we do so many mitzvahs, we then initiate, we arouse another arousal from above, we get inspired again, and then this creates a cycle. So also what ends up happening is that it's a cycle that keeps going upwards. It's like a, an upward spiral, right? It's not just a cycle like this, but it's actually an upward spiral because we take that inspiration, that light, we make a vessel for it by doing mitzvahs, by taking on practical things, by bringing our animal soul on board. When we do that, we create a vessel and then when we create that vessel, we're able to actually contain even more light. So the next time we get an inspiration from above, because we've really worked on ourselves, we're able to receive even more light from Hashem and even more inspiration. And we could take that additional inspiration, that additional light, and apply that again to our service of Hashem down here, bringing our animal soul on board, so that our vessel gets even bigger. And then when the vessel gets even bigger, we can attract down even more light. And so it's not only it's a cycle, but it's actually an upward cycle where we, where we can get better and better and better and better in serving Hashem. And we can receive more and more and more light and feel close and close in our relationship to Hashem. And um, however, the key component to this process and the cycle is not wasting that inspiration. Is taking that inspiration and bringing it down and bringing our animal soul into the picture immediately, as soon as we can. And that's how we're able to be consistent in serving Hashem. That's the end of chapter four. Any questions or comments? I have a question. Sure. For a person, it's very easy to take on mitzvahs and like, keep them when you're inspired, but when you don't have this inspiration, you can regret taking on so much like mitzvahs and like good deeds, all this stuff. So... I mean, I heard that, that it's worth it when you got when you started doing something and then you just stopped because you kind of make it as chazaka or something like that. And mm. it might be, it might be mistake. You're saying that it's better not to start, or it's good even if you did it a little bit. What are you saying? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just. Saying <laughs> I, I I definitely hear your question, right? What happens if you're so inspired, you take taken all these mitzvahs, and then the moment the inspiration goes, yeah. So that's the whole point of the mimer, that when you bring it down. You have to face your animal soul. So what happens usually, we get inspired, we've taken all these mitzvahs that our godly soul from its inspiration is taking on and ignoring completely the other half of ourselves. So when we take on mitzvahs from that inspiration, we have to do the hard work of taking a look at ourselves and saying, what am I able to actually handle? I know myself, right? I know myself from before I was inspired. What 
can what am I able to handle? How am I able to convince myself to be consistent with this based on my animal soul? How can I have this appeal to my animal soul? Because what we usually do, we get inspired, and who's inspired? The godly soul. So who takes on the, the hachlatot? The yeah. godly soul. Completely ignoring this part of ourselves. We forget it existed 10 minutes ago before we, we, got, we got inspired. And then when the inspiration goes, when the godly soul goes back into the background and the love becomes concealed again, we're left with all of these hachlatot that our animal soul is like, I didn't, I didn't choose that. <laughs> what, what, do you, that? what do you? Right? Have you ever? I've, sometimes I plan my day the next day and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, who planned? Like, what were you thinking? Like, you really think I'm going to do that right now? Are you nuts, right? Because there was this idealistic part of us that wasn't like, you know, taking on all these things. And then you're like, yeah. there's no way I'm doing that. I've had that many times. I'm like, who was this person who decided that this is going to go on my schedule? Like, that, is, <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> so, so that's a very, very good question. And that's really the whole message of this minor. That when we do get inspired, we are always taking, like, for example, that experience of Na'ila that many people feel. Like, this year is going to be different, right? There's that feeling when everything's inspiring and Yom Kippur or certain times. But, okay, this year is going to be different. That's it. I'm going to do this, 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 and this. Whoa, hold on a second. Your animal soul needs to come into the picture here. And so this mimer is really, really advocating for a very incremental step-by-step process. To, because when you're real with yourself, it's step by step. It's not these huge leaps and bounds. There are again, there are other mimer and other places in Chassidus which emphasize just taking the leap, right? But this mimer's real message is that the step by step avoda is the one that's lasting. Because as you take each new step, you build stronger vessels to create to enable yourself to really experience more light, which you can then used to go up another step and another step. That's why the um, prayer is actually referred to the ladder of prayer, right? Um, Yaakov had a dream of a ladder of angels going up and down and it describes prayer. And that's why, because prayer, as we said, this mimer very much emphasizes that this process happens through prayer, that we take that inspiration and we bring our animal soul along. It's a ladder. And if you skip one step of a ladder, fall all the way to the beginning. That's all exactly the way to the what my rabbi told me when I first started my journey. Wow. He said it's a ladder, you're going up and you have to go step by step or else like it's literally you what you just said. You, you stop and you lose everything. Yeah. And that's what can happen. That's that's the disadvantage, not the disadvantage, but that's the something we need to look out for for when we are inspired. That we can't forget the people that we really are, right? And that doesn't mean that we should That doesn't mean that we should um be skeptical about everything and say, no, you know, I know who I really am. I know what I was really acting like. Um, but that means that we shouldn't, we shouldn't just ignore that part of ourselves. Mm. So that's the thing. It's really step by step, but it's going upwards. The ladder's going up, right? It's an upward spiral. It's an upward cycle. And um, that's the goal, that we should always, always be taking on more and doing more, but in a way that is sustainable for us, in a way that doesn't ignore the reality that we have an animal soul. And that that's a huge part of who we are, that we can't ignore that. So would you say that that, um, that, that answers your question? Yeah. yeah. OK, great. So chapter 4, we discussed which is the famous verse from Shir Hashirim. We're saying to Hashem, pull me up, pull me up. Inspire my godly soul. After you, we will run. We will then respond by serving you with both our animal soul and our godly soul, plural. And that's the idea that the king has brought me into his chambers. That I've already experienced this. I've already been holding in this place in the past where I learned the entire Torah. And therefore I have the power down here within myself 
to initiate this process of revealing, of, 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 of experiencing Hashem's light and revelation through Torah learning. So that's really the message of, um, of chapter four. And it ends off with a very, very important point that once we use Torah learning to inspire ourselves, to take that inspiration and put it to use with mitzvahs in a way that is bringing our animal soul on board as well. Okay? Let's move on to chapter five. Chapter five is the last, is the last chapter. It's taking everything we've learned so far and applying it to the time that we're holding in now. Pesach, Spirit Omer, and Shavuot. Okay? It doesn't mention Lag Bomer here. Lag Bomer um, is a later, later um, holiday. Um, okay, so let's first speak about Pesach because before we can really understand what Sfirah Omer is, before we can really understand what Shavuot is, we need to understand what Pesach is because they're all completely connected. Just like Elul is very, very connected to Rosh Hashanah, which is very connected to Yom Kippur and very connected to Sukkot, it's one long process. Um, so too, Pesach ends and culminates in Shavuot, and Sfirah Omer in the middle is a very important step. So we didn't really learn much about Pesach because I wasn't here. Um, what did you learn what about you Pesach? Learn? Do you remember? Um, four camps. The four camps when they were crossing the sea. Yes, we learned Hasidic. Yeah. Did you learn any Hasidic ideas we about Pesach? About matzah. Okay. Um, we learned about the difference between bitterness and compassion. Like the garden, but, oh, yeah. like Merirot and yeah. Merirot is bitterness, and how do you say Atzvos? Merirot versus Atzvos. Atzvos yeah. Okay, um, okay, very nice. So, so definitely matzah. This might have come up when you were learning about matzah, but a very, very, very key component to the whole story of the Exodus of Egypt. We know there were many, many steps and many details you can really um, focus on. Is the way that they actually left Egypt. The way that the Jews left Egypt was very strange. They finally, finally got permission from Pharaoh to leave. Not only did they get permission, Pharaoh was begging them to leave Egypt, to leave Mitzrayim. And what did they do? Instead of waiting till the morning, packing up, waiting for their bread to rise and become bread, not eat matzah for the next 2,000 years, right? What did they do? They snuck out of Egypt in the middle of the night like thieves. Yes. Right? Do you guys learn this idea? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What does that represent? Why did they sneak out? Why did they sneak out as if they were running away from something, as if they didn't have permission from the king? Why didn't they wait till the morning? So this is very much the idea of what we call an Esarusa de la Eila without an Esarusa de la Sata. An inspiration from above that has not yet been brought down. Why? Because the Jewish people, when they were redeemed from Egypt, had not earned it, and they had not worked on themselves to be of merit. Why did I, why Hashem says clearly, why did Hashem redeem them from Egypt? Because he made a promise to their great-great-grandfather Avram that one day his, his descendants are going to be enslaved, and that he's going to redeem them, and that they're going to leave with a rechush gadol. So Hashem's almost begging Moshe to tell the Jews, take out everything because I want to keep my promise to Avram that you're going to leave with wealth. So Hashem's always begging Avram, help me keep my promise, begging Hashem, help me keep my promise to Avram. 
leave and take everything with you. The reason Hashem redeemed us from Egypt is not because we deserved it. It's not because we worked on ourselves. We barely looked any different from the Egyptians as when we, were, when we got to the sea, for the sea to cross the sea said, uh, I'm not going to cross for you. Yeah. you. Like, what's the difference between you and the Egyptians right behind you? I don't see any difference. Until Hashem actually said, no, no, no. I made a promise to Avram, you need a split for these people. Uh, we looked exactly the same. We didn't deserve to be redeemed. Right? It says that we were on the 49th level of Tumah, the 50th level, that's it. That's like, you're, you're gone. Just like there's the 50 levels of spirituality. The 50th is like infinity. Um, so too in the negative. And the Jewish people were holding that. And so we had to sneak out. We had to run away from Egypt. Because what we were running away from was not only the physical Egypt, but the Egypt within ourselves. Every single one of them was trapped within themselves and they had their limitations and they hadn't worked on them yet. They hadn't changed themselves. So they had to run out. Because if they waited till the morning, their animals would come in there, their slave mentality would come up and say, whoa, 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 you're going to the desert? What do you think you're doing? Where do you think you're going? You don't know how to be anything other than a slave. So they had to run out in the middle of the night. They had to sneak out before their bread even had any time to rise, which is why we have matzah. It's, uh, it's representative of this revelation from on high, and it really was a revelation from on high. Hashem, it says, Melech Malchem Baruch Hu. Hashem, in all of his glory, himself redeemed the Jewish people. He gave them such a powerful arousal from above, such a powerful estrusa that they were swept up, they were pulled up. They ran out of Egypt with it, but they had to run. They couldn't go slowly because their animal soul was still the exact same. They had to run up before their animal soul woke up and said, wait a second. What did Hashem give them? Hashem revealed himself. He inspired them. He woke up their godly soul. He woke them up. And so they took this inspiration and they had to run out of Egypt. Because if they waited till the morning, they were still the same people. They waited till the morning, all the excuses would start coming back up. And that's really the story of Pesach. Pesach is the time, it's the Chag of inspiration. And that's our job during Pesach, to take as much inspiration as we could possibly get. It's also, it's the time, we discussed this, um, for those who are here for Ani Lododi, that Kabbalah speaks about the seasons and the relevance of the seasons in our spiritual service of Hashem, because it's always changing. That when it's the winter season, right, which uh, begins in Elul Tishrei, it's dark. We have to light our own fire, right? We have to start the process. And then Hashem responds with light. In the summer, which begins by Pesach time, the spring season and the summer starts by Pesach and culminates in Shavuot, the sun is shining. We don't have to work hard. The reason is because it's a time, it's an etrat son where Hashem inspires. And that's, that's why you could say, did Pesach, do we celebrate, does Pesach happen in Nisan? because the original Pesach happened in Nisan and that's why we always celebrate in Nisan? Or did Pesach happen because it was the month of Nisan? Does that make sense? There's probably a better way to phrase that. But the fact that it was Nisan, it's a time of revelation. It's a time of inspiration. And that's when Hashem revealed himself to the Jewish people and they ran out of Egypt. That's the first process. That's the first step, Pesach. So let's read about Pesach inside, then we'll get to Sfirah Torah. Any questions or comments? Um, although it does say very clearly that when Mashiach comes, when we're redeemed from the final exile, we will not leave in haste. We will not sneak away in the middle of the night. We will, um, we will go at a steady pace. And the reason is because we've had all of this time in exile to actually work on ourselves. We will be deserving 
of this redemption. So we're not going to sneak out. And it says, Bechipazon lo telechu. That in a, in a hurry, you will not go towards the final redemption, as we did with Mitzrayim. Because we are a changed nation after all these years of exile. Okay. So let's see this idea in Sad chapter 5. Vihine al-pikolana. So according to everything that we've said, Hanizkarleah, that we mentioned above, Yuvan gamkin inyan Pesach usferso amar. Now we can understand the deeper significance of Pesach and usferso amar. Pesach was an arousal from above, that came to awaken in an arousal from below. And this, this arousal from above expressed itself, who is, to awaken the desire of the godly soul that's always there, but that is in a concealed state. Aval, however, when this happens, our animal soul has still not changed whatsoever. The first process of being inspired only speaks to our godly soul. Our animal soul remains an animal, remains with all its flaws. That's why in Parshat Bashalach in the Torah, it says regarding leaving Egypt that the Jewish people escaped Egypt. They ran away, even though they had explicit permission from Paro to leave. And the Altarab explains this very much in Tanya. In chapter 31, the Altarab explains that even though they didn't need to run away from power because he freed them, they had to run away from their own animal souls who were still strong, even after witnessing all the miracles of the ten plagues. And their animal souls were pushing them to stay in the unholiness of the triumph. So they were running away from themselves, from their own Egypt that existed still within them. And so this is the first step. This is the first step of the process that we see in the message of the Korbanot of Parashat Vayikra, that Pesach started off with a revelation from above that only spoke to the Jewish people's godly soul, that did not affect the animal soul whatsoever, and therefore they had to run away, because they were running away from the voice within themselves that was telling them that they should remain in Egypt, that they didn't deserve to be redeemed, that they were better off staying there. As it's written in Shir Hashirim, Medaleg Al Haharim, the sound of my beloved comes skipping over the mountains, which is referring to the mountains of Torah study. This happens because when somebody learns Torah, he's called a mountain. That the mountains will bring peace to the nation. So it's the same idea of peace and Torah. We're not going to get into it right now. And then, Lachem, therefore, Acharkach. Immediately after they were redeemed from Egypt, on the second day, we got the command to bring the Korban HaOmer. Omer is a barley offering. Omer is a barley is animal food. We got a command on the second day, start working on your animal. Bring your animal into the picture. Now bring your animal soul. Uh, it says, The barley offering specifically, not a wheat offering, because it's animal food, to take all of this inspiration and now to bring a refinement and a clarity to the animal soul. And that is the next step, which is Sfirat Omer, which starts immediately after Pesach. You think, wait, give us a break, right? Start after, right, Pesach is seven days. Let's start counting the Omer after the seven days. No, 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 immediately, immediately after they left Egypt. Even before the sea had split, they started counting the Omer. They brought an offering of barley, which represents that they started to transform their animal souls and bring the animal soul into the picture and convince the animal soul why it's good for it to leave Egypt and good for it to go into the desert so that it can serve Hashem. 
And that process is represented by the seven weeks of Sfirat Omer. As it says, Sfirat Omer or Sfirat Lachem. It's explained in the minor of Sfirat Lachem that we're most probably going to learn in Tashas Emar that count, you should count for yourselves. Sfirat to count also comes from the word Sapir, which means to shine, that we need to now make our animal so shine. The word of Sfartim is related to the term that means shine. Accordingly, we can read that as, and you shall make shine lachem yourselves, referring to your own animal soul. This is the refinement of the seven emotions of the animal soul. And here it brings um, seven expressions, negative expressions of the emotions of the animal soul, and then positive ones. Although, I sometimes, I've learned from other places a little bit of a different, exactly different explanation for each one of the emotions, but we can go into it, because why not? It says that love, one is chesed, which is love for physical pleasure. Two is gvura, anger and hate towards others. Tiferet is boastfulness and haughtiness. Um, Who is this? Uh, page 51 at the top. Netzach is the need to always be right and victorious over others. Hod is holding oneself back from helping others or doing a mitzvah. Yosod is passion and connection to his own selfish desires. And Malchus is telling, needing to tell others what to do and to control them. So one explains to his own animal soul that Hashem is the king, the creator, the source of all life and enjoyment, which is the process that we go through during Spirit to Omer. He can transform these negative traits into chesed is love for connecting to Hashem. Gevura's anger towards oneself for his own shortcomings. Tiferet is pride in being Jewish and doing what Hashem wants. Again, there's many ways to explain these, and we might, we might explain them slightly differently when we go into the spheres. Um, Netzach is overcoming obstacles in the service of Hashem. Tod is holding oneself back from going against Hashem's will and overindulging in physical desires. Yesod is passionate connection to Hashem in prayer. And Malchut is accepting Hashem as his king, which is Kabbalat. Oh, so the process of spirit to is a process of taking the negative expressions of the emotions of the animal soul and transforming them, redirecting them towards positive emotions, towards serving Hashem. The hook in and this is represented, spirit to is represented by the end of the verse, min ha-behema, min ha-bakar, min ha-tson ta-krivu at korban chem. That immediately after Adam Kiya after Hashem brings us close with his inspiration, we respond by sacrificing our animal soul, the which means a sarusa delasata, an arousal and awakening from below. The Azai. And then, through this process, we can reach Shavuot. What happens on Shavuot? Matan Torah. We receive the Torah. This is another arousal from above. Shiachar is delasata that comes after. The arousal from below. The revelation of Hashem's desire, of Hashem's wisdom down here. So as we said, remember we said that this starts a process when we work hard down here, we inspire, we, we elicit an arousal from above. And then we take that arousal from above and we work hard again. And then we get another arousal from above, right? And we said that the arousal from above that comes after we put in our own work is a higher arousal, is a higher light than the light that came before we put in the hard work. So there's the light that comes, because, not because we deserved it, but because, but because Hashem wanted to bring us close. That was Pesach. Hashem wanted to bring the Jewish people close. We didn't deserve it, so He shone a light. Then we took that light, we counted the Omer. We put in our own effort. We 
elevated and refined and transformed their animal soul, which then elicited another revelation from Hashem, which is experienced through Matan Torah and Shavuot, which was an even higher revelation than the revelation that occurred during Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So when we take that inspiration, we put our, ourselves to work, and we can achieve an even higher inspiration from above, even more light. Sure. So it's the same idea that we mentioned before about the cycle that continues forever. That first, Hashem wants to bring us close. So he inspires us even though we don't deserve it. When we take that inspiration and we then transform our animal soul, the Isra Siddhila Sata, that elicits a new inspiration from above. Because Hashem now is inspired to bring us closer. Now that we've been working so hard to have a relationship with Hashem, Hashem responds. When Hashem responds after we've put in the work, the response, the revelation, and the light is even greater than the original light that was brought to bring us close. We see that here. Hashem revealed himself to the Jewish people in the story of Pesach in Yitzhak Mitzrayim, even though they didn't deserve it. Then the Jewish people worked on themselves for seven weeks, and then Hashem responded with an even greater inspiration from on high, which came in the form of giving us the gift of the Torah, which is his will and his wisdom down here. So after a person works on himself spiritually during the days of spirit on there, he will be able to perceive a new level of Torah of Hashem's will and wisdom from Hashem's revelation on Shavuos. So depending on how much one refines oneself to that extent, he will be able to experience a deeper level of Torah inside throughout the year following Shavuot. We see this idea from the verse, when Hashem will bring close, and that you should sacrifice, that when we respond with our own sacrifice, we are elevating from below to above. But when we speak about what happened on Matan Torah on Shavuot, it says, Vayered Hashem al Sinai. That Hashem descended onto the mountain, which represents Hashem lowering Himself from up on high down to us, which is an Isra to draw His light down here. Okay? So we'll finish with that for. Oh, let's see. No, we can continue a little bit. We can continue. Right? Yeah. Meaning that after prayer, when one studies Torah, this is a revelation of Hashem coming down to the person as it were. So you study Torah, you get inspired. You pray, you put in the hard work. Prayer is a fight with your animal soul to bring it on board. And then, if you study Torah again, afterwards, the Torah study that you learn will bring you even more inspiration and more depth. You're going to connect to the ideas even more because you have made yourself a vessel for this light of Torah. You have actually worked on yourself. So, there's a difference between somebody learning Torah before he elevated himself and after. There's a difference between before he got in, before he worked in himself and after he worked in himself. So if the revelation of Hashem after prayer is in an appreciation and understanding of the Torah he studies after prayer, how is this revelation greater than the initial Torah study that inspired him to be excited during prayer? And we see this process that Hasidim makes sure to learn Hasidus before davening, right? You have this idea? What's the idea of chassidus before davening? That you need to inspire yourself before you pray and do the hard work of prayer. So you inspire yourself with chassidus. Your, your godly soul gets excited. The love of Hashem of the godly soul is revealed. You put that into your prayer. You influence your animal soul to come on board. You have a real spiritual enlightening prayer through your own hard work. Then you go back to learning Torah. And then when you go back to learning Torah, you're able to actually understand it in a much deeper level, in a much deeper way. Because now you've made yourself a vessel for that revelation of Torah learning. Says Haino, this means so. The question was, what's higher, the Torah learning before you put in your own work, or the Torah learning that comes after you put in your own work? 
What's higher? The arousal from above before you respond with your own hard work or the arousal from above that comes afterwards? What's higher? Pesach or Shavuot? You get the question? Mm-hmm. It's the same question in like three different ways. Hainu, um, what's the answer? Through somebody raising himself up from down here and cl- bringing a clarity and transforming his animal soul, he can reach a level of learning Torah that says, for he is not a man. It says in Shmuel, and the context here is that there's a level of Hashem that transcends the level of Adam, right? Adam, Halion, is Hashem as he expresses himself in the spiritual world, but there's Hashem in his essence that's even higher than that. When we work on ourselves, revelation we can get as a result is even higher than from Adam Halion. To draw down another level, an even higher level from this level of Adam, and even higher inspiration. So the inspiration of Shavuot is very clearly much higher than Pesach, because what do we get on Shavuot? We got Hashem's will and wisdom in the form of the Torah. So that initial learning or that initial excitement, that initial revelation is powerful. But our job is to take that, put it to work, so that we can get an even more powerful revelation. So you can think about that for yourselves, right? You guys are learning Torah now, right? Let's say it's the first time you ever started learning Torah, and why not, which I'm sure it's not. But let's say you came here, you started getting inspired, you spent a year getting inspired. Then you go out into the world, you take those kochot, you take that inspiration, you put it to work in your own day-to-day life, doing mitzvahs, having Kabbalah all giving charity, you transform yourself. In, in years from now, when you're a mom and you're busy and you sit down and you learn a little bit of Torah, right? That Torah learning is arguably even higher than the Torah learning that you were so inspired in Mayanot because now you're a changed person. And so any light that you actually receive from that Torah learning has where to go, has where to settle, has where to inspire. So that's just stamma. Because um, it does get, it gets harder and harder to get this inspiration. It gets harder and harder to learn Torah. But if we take breaks in the middle to make sure that we're actually bringing these ideas down into our own life, um, that revelation will, will, the revelation that comes afterwards will be even stronger. It will be even more inspiring and even more powerful. So that's the end of chapter five. I'm pretty impressed. So actually, on Sunday, what we'll do is we'll have the summary. Monday, we'll learn a bit about Lagba Omer. And then on Wednesday, we'll have the little, little test, little review. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Any questions or comments? Good. Good? Yeah. Your name is Rose, right? Yes.